If you have to decide between overspending and oversleeping, choose the comfy option. Ultimate sleep comfort has never been more affordable than with Nectar's Labor Day weekend sale. $499 in accessories plus an additional $200 off. Every Nectar mattress comes with a 365-night home trial, forever warranty, and free shipping and returns when you shop from the convenience of your own home at Nectarsleep.com. Join over 2 million happy sleepers that dream on Nectar mattresses and save up to $699. Hurry, offer ends September 5th. Hello everybody, welcome to This is Cheaper Than Therapy. How are you? I'm... I'm well. Uh, I know I always say this when I'm start doing one of these podcasts that oh i don't know what i'm going to talk about today i absolutely don't do not know what i'm going to talk about um i don't this i i haven't nothing's really jumped out at me you know that's i mean there's all the slightly horrific thing of uh jabbies jabbies for uh healthcare workers i think it's slightly horrific anyway the the idea the idea of forced forced vaccinations on people but again i mean i've been smartened up with um by a healthcare professional that there's other vaccines that are mandatory um some something seems a bit more oh nefarious with this one i feel this is just the first first steps before it's mandatory for everybody to go to work and then to socialize and there's already talks about like the over 65s not being able to go into public spaces uh unless they've had their boosters um killed by loneliness for their own health i suppose uh, maybe they deserve it for living too long maybe that's the uh what the Ghouls and the economic forum think maybe that's it's just like where well, you've 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 clearly been around too long. Why should you have any fun? Just sit in your house and die. Um, there's one one thing I can't quite get my head around with the uh, with the mandatory jab. I know everything comes with risk. Um, personally, I believe that the uh, um side effects are much more widespread um than we are being led to believe i I believe those numbers being um artificially kept low the same way as i believe uh covid death rates were artificially made high due to the way they were correlated i.e anytime whenever you die what was it two weeks after a positive test, you were uh, you were considered a COVID death uh, on the Isle of Man. We are posthumously going back and trawling through records, and uh, anything that looks like a COVID death, we are um, we are adjusting history to put it down as a COVID death. I find that very strange. It's almost like, oh fuck, thirty odd wasn't enough. That's not going to panic people. We need that higher. We need that fucking number higher. Even though there's only like six people in hospital in the on the island with with COVID, six people in the hospital. Uh, I would if I count ten masks when I go out uh, around the supermarket. It's odd, you know. We we are not we are not a masked community. We haven't real realistically no mitigations anymore. Um, and guess what? It's not fucking run rampant. Um, I remember thinking in early days of old Rones that uh, on such a small place like the Isle of Man, we would be overwhelmed really, really quickly and everything would turn into fucking Mad Max over here. How wrong I was because things are just like they were before the pandemic, if you don't watch the television. Um, but yeah, it's there's something strange about it. The, what I was saying about the 
what what I think's nefarious about it is the we know that there's however I can't remember what the percentage is off the top of my head now um for what the sort of the if if you just look at government figures for like strokes and um uh death n- nerve damage of which my mother has suffered my mother hasn't been able to walk for five weeks without using a stick she can't really put any weight on one of her legs she just she had to have an mri scan uh she's been told it was nerve damage and the the doc she asked the doctor whether it was because she'd had it was three weeks after her first dose of the vaccine uh and the doctor said well, we we can't rule it out but we also you know we can't we can't prove it either way is the way her doctor put it to put it to her um but as I was when I was talking to my friend, uh, there's no history of this sort of thing in my family. No signs of it in my mother. Um, if you don't know if you've got a peanut allergy and you eat a peanut and you die, chances are you might have had a peanut allergy. So that's weird. Um, but yeah, the the thing is though, so if even if you take like all the side effects away, and I realise this has been given to fucking millions of people all over the world millions so i understand that these risks are even if inflated and kept down still low compared to the amount of people have had the vaccine most people i know have been vaccinated most of my friends are vaccinated um there's a few people i know which i don't consider friends but the um they're they're the sort of people i've got like an eye on in the corner in case i have to go and join a commune somewhere or when um when we get thrown in concentration camps, I can like hook up with the fellow Manxies. Um But if you're, if you, let's just say, for instance, it's fucking not point not two percent of people vaccinated, it kills. Yeah, and this is my my thing with healthcare workers. I'm not just thinking about healthcare workers here, although I do find it fucking crazy that only. Um, I mean. I will be perfectly honest, the clap for carers thing never sat well with me anyway. I thought it was patronising at best. I thought it was saber-rattling at worst. And I don't believe for a split second it was organic. I believe it was uh, a concocted idea through your nudge unit that uh, keep pushing the UK to think and do things in a certain way. The fact that the UK has a group of, um, uh, it's not social scientists, is it? It's a different word, which I can't, I, I'm not stuttering over my words, trying to trying to remember it. Um, but the fact that we we openly have a unit of people in the UK that work for the UK government, that sole job is to work tactical plans to nudge the population in certain ways is fucking diabolical and the crazy thing is uh, that you would know if you read Laura Dobsworth's A State of Fear um, our nudge unit is so effective that we sell our data that unit well sorry the UK sells that unit's data offshore to help other countries make their nudge unit as fucking efficient as the UK. That's a 100% fact. Crazy. So my my worry is that the, uh, the first it's healthcare workers, then it's the people, go, uh, people going to work, then it's kids going to school, then it's fucking everybody, and I don't believe it's about the, about the virus. I believe it's about the passport. Um, but the big problem I have with that is if you then say that you are guaranteeing a percentage of people that take that uh, vaccine will die and you are mandating it for an entire population, that means that you are knowingly sentencing a small amount of that population to death. There is no other way around it. And that, I think, is fucking terrifying terrifying you know it's we we all we know when we have and when we're prescribed medication that there can be things 
that go wrong, that people have allergies and stuff. We know that when we go to buy food, there's certain people have food allergies. I get that. But fuck. We even put... Back to peanuts. Everything comes around to peanuts. Um, we even put, like, maybe may contain nuts. Even when there's no nuts in it, we still put this may contain peanuts because it was made in a place where we might have had peanuts at some time and not washed it down properly. That's how worried we are about some, something happening to somebody when somebody is at risk of being sued. Thanks to fucking immunity for vaccine manufacturers, we don't have to worry about that problem, so we don't give a fuck. Um, so yeah, I think it's fucking crazy. So, but then, then I've been thinking about what's what's happened over the course of the uh, pandemic that's made me. I definitely think differently. Um, I don't know. See, I'd, I argue I'm more conspiratorial, but I don't think I am because it's not fun anymore. It's not fun when it's when the monsters at your doorstep. Um, like I used to love like. Just sticking some headphones on, listen to someone tell me about fucking Planet X and how it was going to smash into the Earth in 2012. I because I deep down I didn't believe that was going to happen. Well, maybe maybe just a little bit. I listened to a podcast the other day about vampires. Vampires aren't fucking real, so that's fine. But this conspiracy, this conspiracy seems to be fucking real. And that's not fine. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely less... I'm, I think I'm slightly more impulsive now. Um, I say this as a man that has the same amount of hair now on his head than the average um, teenage porn star. Um, I, I went to watch Gig the other day. Um, I was sat next to my friend, and to just fucking for my like for, to compare and contrast, my friend I went with, she's got fucking all of the hair, all of the hair, a glorious mane she has, um, and I had this proper little monk hole. Yeah, that's right. I said monk hole, uh, monk hole in the top of my head. I haven't been able to get this picture of my little, where the crown of my hair used to be, out of my head. And see, I'm not bothered about going bald. I never have been. Um, But what I realised was, when I saw that, I was more worried about people thinking I was bothered about going bald than I was about going bald. So I thought about it for a few days. I charged three hair, clip, hair, hair clippers up this morning because I wasn't sure what the best hair clippers I have. And I went down to wood on my entire noggin. There isn't a single hair follicle that I didn't fuck with. Uh, it's strange. I, I can't stop rubbing my own head. It's a bit spotty now. After shaving it, that's not great. There must be something I can do about that. I put some moisturizer on it because that's it. I didn't just sh- I didn't just shave with the clippers. I fucking wet shaved as well. I went fucking full Lex Luthor on this shit. Um, now it really does look like I've took my Joe Rogan infatuation a step too far. Best get down the gym. Best get some gear. Um, and my my arms are slowly filling up full of tattoos. I'm in tomorrow to get. At least two, depending on what we can fit in in the time. I have a, an, a fucking awesome tattoo, actually, which is like a brain with an eye, but not like an eyeball, like a whole eye with eyelids dangling from it. And then underneath that is like a heart dangling from that. And then there is a, another one which is like two people inside a circle but the two people have got like cloth over their faces, but they're kissing, and that seems that that's something else I think we're gonna get on my arm. Uh, so yeah, maybe it is. Maybe my my Rogan infatuation has gone gone further. But the uh, um, 
I was thinking again because what whatever I do, I fucking analyze like some sort of psychopath. Uh, would I have done? Like, I mean, fair enough. I looked at my hair and saw there was a bald spot there, and thought, oh, right, fuck, I'm gonna have to do something about this. I, it took me a couple of weeks, like a couple of weeks, to decide on what I was gonna do. Um, and but I, then, then I thought, so it's. I suppose it's not impulsive. It wasn't impulsive. It was two weeks. The actual act of doing it was impulsive. I decided this morning that I was gonna do it. Um, and then I finished work at two o'clock. And came home and did it, and I knew I had to do it like that. If I'd have left it till tomorrow, I wouldn't have done it. And um, I'm glad I did. I don't mind it. I think I think I half suit it. I've always thought I might suit because I've got I I can grow a good beard. I've always thought maybe I could pull a shaved head and beard off. I think wearing glasses helps. It's like a mid. It's um, it's like mayonnaise. It ties the tomato and the cheese together but you don't really taste it. So it's it's my glasses are just there to sort of marry my scalp and my chin together. Um but yeah, so I, I, I that's that's what the only reason I'm trying to say that is it's it's not like some sort of psychotic episode. I haven't gone full Britney and then just like dr- drove past the hairdresser and gone I'm just going to shave my hair off because it's a completely normal thing to do. Yeah. Um, that's not how Brittany talks. Nobody talks like that. But I did think, and I thought this, but I haven't uh, like um doing this podcast, for instance. Um, doing getting tattoos done. Although I've always wanted tattoos, and then my friend became a tattoo artist, so it just became a uh, a natural a natural spiral of me going, oh fucking hell, can we draw this on me? Um. Obviously, friend of the friend of the show and fellow contributor to Must See Audio, uh, Susie Manton, is who I'm talking about. Um, but there's definitely a th- element of me because I think everything else, everywhere else, ev- everything around me is so chaotic, and uh, you don't quite know because there was a little bit of me didn't even think I'd be able to go into pubs right now because I don't I don't want to I don't want to take that vaccine because I mean I've been around people with Rones I've been in some pretty full places since like even through the two the two times this the island has been like the most Rones place in Europe. And I think I've already had it. I haven't caught it again. That's for sure. There was a time where, uh, there was a time I was really sick in 2019. Worst flu I've ever had. Uh, The cough lasted for two to three months after. Um... Uh, and the tiredness as well, because the that's one one thing I noticed when I was going up hill at the hills at the time. I realised how wheezy and how hard it was. Um, apparently, some people might call that long COVID. I didn't. I just called it being a fucking man and getting on with it. But um, I uh, and then I had another odd flu during the second lockdown over here, and it, that was a strange one because I didn't have a cough. There was none of that stuff. I had a really high temperature for two nights where it was like up, like 38 and I soaked through the bed sheets for two nights. But my head just felt woolly. So I'm wondering whether that was like a second, secondary infection. But I handled it better because I'd already had the had it in the past. I don't know. Someone, someone that's actually a doctor would have to do it. I keep saying I'm going to go and do an uh, immunity test, but I, uh, I keep, or an antibody test, I keep forgetting but i will do i'm go- i'm going to do it just for just for curiosity just so i can uh um take a picture of my immunity test if if i if i have had it and uh stick it on twitter with hashtag natty by nature and see how many vac shaggers i can rile because i do enjoy riling people to an extent you obviously if you follow me on social media you'll probably know that um, but sorry, to get back to my point, I keep digressing. Digress on my own. I digress on my sleep. Um, 
it made me wonder whether all these things, these like little things I'm doing, I, that I don't think I don't think they're unhealthy things to do. In fact, I think it's quite the opposite. But or am I doing little things because it, in a world out of control, there are little things you can do which you can have control of essentially you know like i thought oh i'm going bald that's fine i can just shave my hair off I can, that means i i own that then i'm uh and i wonder if if this situation hadn't happened whether i would have act, whether i would have done these things feels strange it's definitely i wonder i mean i'd be interested to know from you guys listening to the podcast in fact it might be a nice thing to do um to as a readout maybe for the next episode is there things that have happened to you since, like the pandemic, which have made you think and feel differently, and what's changed? Um, I now have, and it's a, this is not a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Um, I have less trust of things. My uh, trust in politics has diminished unbelievably because yeah i think it's proved that there isn't really there isn't really a party system there's a lot of interchangeable people that not don't necessarily i don't i don't believe i don't i'm sure there are still some people that hold to the ideals of their party but if for the most part i think the key players are malleable and they go to whichever party they believe that they have the best chance of success in, not whether they're actually on board with it. And then it's a case of just trying to essentially fit in, fit in around a, a preconceived narrative. So if, you, if you're if you in Labour, you're immediately left-wing, whereas I'm pretty sure if, like, Keir Starmer, for instance, wanted to, I think he'd make a fine Tory I think he'd make a fine Tory and nobody would think anything anything else. Um, I don't think Jeremy Corbyn would have made a good Tory. That's one thing. But um, I trust the... I trust the police less, I think, especially over on the Isle of Man. I think our use of the COVID powers for police officers was... Uh, heavy-handed at were at best, um, downright intimidatory, um, at worst. Intimidatory is that a word? It should be. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. If it is one, I I shouldn't have really rumbled myself. I could have just could have just said it, and then you would have been listening. Go, hmm, is that a word? I'm not so sure. And then moved on. But now now we all wonder. Um. I don't haven't lost faith in individuals in the health service because I think there are obviously individuals um, that want to treat people and want to make people better, but the machine that they operate in, I'm becoming more and more aware that it's a a vehicle for making money and that the sick are the cash cows of that machine. So if your cash cows are people being sick, then the incentive to actually make people better is less and less and less. I'll tell you, I'll give you a, um, like a tiny, a, a, a tiny one, tiny one for you here. Um, I was, I have odd kidneys. I was born with a genetic abnormality in my kidneys. Um, the youngest person in Europe, I believe, to have the operation I had. They flew a surgeon over from Europe to oversee, sorry, from America, to oversee the operation that I was being had. So there was somebody else in Europe that could do the operation, I believe. Uh, they did it in Alderhead Hospital in the UK. Uh, it was when I was first born as well. I was basically spat out of the womb into a helicopter to a UK hospital. Anyway, um, so I've often had like little things with my kidneys, and the I was put on a, a drug um, 
that was like a blood pressure managing drug because I didn't want my kidneys to get more damaged. Uh, and one of the side effects that lovely little thing gave me was gout. Um, so naturally then I started getting gout. And I know it's a little raising of the uric acid levels. I wasn't really sure what to cut out of my diet. You know, my, my diet, although I need to lose weight, and I I'm, I'm slowly am losing weight now. Um, it's, it's not been bad. You know, I don't... My Achilles heel is pizza. I don't get as many, like, takeaway pizzas as I used to maybe one one a month that's that's the only real takeaway food I eat as well Indian's too expensive that's my second favorite don't really like Chinese too salty um not a big kebab guy so kebabs are out that's pretty much all the takeaways you get on the old man so um it's and even my pizza eating uh, realistically, I will only get pizza from one place on the Isle of Man. If you are coming to the Isle of Man and you're looking for pizza, Pizza Iolo is what you really want to be looking for. Um, so I started getting gout in my, my big toe, my knee sometimes. Knees bad. Ankles. Sometimes sometimes it, just got, it would feel like it was in my whole foot. And I had this on and off for... <sighs> Three years, maybe. Um, I was put on allopurinol um, to stop it. And I will be fair, the allopurinol works. Like, it does its thing. But I'm also not convinced that's not what made me lose my hair. Because my hair loss and the... Or my hair thinning and the me being put on allopurinol match up pretty fucking close. And I don't mind that, you know. I don't, and it's maybe it's maybe it was my um, maybe it was my duty to go online and read the side effects because if I'm perfectly honest, if it was a choice between losing my hair or and uh, I, I, and there was, there was a direct correlation. I know I know when you you can't you can't guarantee these things, but if there was a chance of where someone would turn around and say, look. We can put you on these drugs, but there is a high chance you'll lose your hair. I would have gone. Do you know what? I'll have a sore knee three times a year. Thanks very much. I like my hair. Um. So I was put on those. So anyway, and again, it's through the through the pandemic, and you're not seeing doctors. And I think I don't like taking medicines at the best of times. And that's not some sort of conspiracy thing. It's not some sort of thing. If I've got a headache, I will wait until the headache's gone before I have paracetamol. I don't like taking paracetamol. don't like taking ibuprofen. I don't like taking aspirin. I, do, I just not, I don't like doing the things. The, it was the same when I was really, really sick and I was, I was, I was on um, quite a lot of tramadol and for a while as well i hated it i hated having to come off it because it's uh it's an opioid isn't it um was it what i just said tramadol anyway i think so anyway um but yeah well because i didn't realize but i was i i'd been on that for five months um so i was completely dependent on it without realizing so I had to go on a course of antidepressants then to come off that drug. And you just think, oh, fuck this noise. Like, yeah, and, it, like, I, and to be fair, I couldn't have coped without some heavy painkillers when I was sick. I was in quite a lot of pain. But um, so that's why I will not take medicine unless I absolutely have to. Um, You know, it's the same as if, if, I, if I'm not feeling, if, if if I'm not feeling well and you th- you think, oh, I could go to the doctor and get some antibiotics or I could just fucking man up for a week. Just man up for a week, eat chicken soup, drink loads of water and uh, I'll be fine most of the time. Yeah, obviously, obviously I can't, like, if I had, like, Ebola, I'd be thinking, hmm, is there anything, anything we can, like, anything in one of those bottles for this Ebola? That'd be nice. Um... But 
I didn't realise until I'd, I'd done some reading up on it, and it was um, what started me off was one of you guys. I can't remember who it was that got in touch with me, but they set me off on drinking apple cider vinegar, and that helped a lot. They said it got rid of their, their gout by drinking a glass of apple cider vinegar or water with apple cider vinegar in it every night. And that's fucking cool. If that that worked for you, I great. It helped me, but it didn't work. Work. What has worked is taking turmeric capsules. I now take. Uh, see this. This is the shame for me. It's, it did take a pandemic to do it. I take a pretty good multivitamin. After I did, I did some research on it. I take, take a pretty good multivitamin every day. I take cod liver oil. I take a vitamin D tablet, 4,000 UIs, I think it is. Um, or however you say it, UI, IU, something like that. Um, what else do I take? Oh, two turmeric tablets every day. I feel much better, like especially the vitamin D, I think, was... Because um, I didn't realise again until this this thing happened that essentially we are all vitamin D deficient, especially in the UK. We spend too much time inside. It's too cloudy. It's too miserable. If people in California have a vitamin D deficiency and you live in fucking Europe, chances are you also have a vitamin D deficiency. Um, but that yeah, that everything from waking up in the morning with energy to energy lasting through the day to cognitive uh, function. I, I feel, I, I might still say I'm a lot in podcasts, but I'm a lot sharper. You know, um, <clears throat> if someone says something to me, the answer, I, I believe, comes out quicker. Um, but yeah, you just, it just makes you wonder, doesn't it? Makes you wonder how many, how many other natural therapeutics are out there for things that don't make anybody as much money as the uh as the pharmaceuticals do you know it's i think it's quite it's quite scary really isn't it that you know you you could go and seek treatment but you never you never ask enough questions like so well what why why has this happened i was speaking to someone the other day about um uh like mental health and she said, and quite rightly so, as far as the other man goes, because the, the, the person we were talking about was quite troubled and had uh, tried to do something stupid to themselves that night. And uh, she said, yeah, we, we really need to sort our mental health out on the other man, um, treatment. And I think she's right, obviously. I think some people need more care. But we're not asking the right questions. The right questions are why. Why is the... I mean... <laughs> Right now, I think it's quite quite obvious. There's quite obviously a culprit for um, for why mental health has took a real dip. Lockdowns and twenty four seven media coverage of COVID, which in my eyes is nothing more than psychological warfare uh, of the people of the world, really, because it's happening in every country. This is the crazy thing, isn't it? So this is the worst thing that comes with mandates as well, because if you, where would you go? If you read the news and you look at stuff, where would you go to escape this? I don't, don't think there is. You know, if you've got, if you've got the money to go somewhere, it's happening in fucking Doha. It's happening in Italy. It's happening in the States. It's probably happening in Iceland, but. Nobody pays enough attention to them. You know, we keep saying about Sweden, but you know, having no stuff, but they still have the, they've already got like little pa uh, electronic passes, don't they, to get in places and do stuff. And so you feel that maybe the reason they're getting out there, they're allowed to get away with this is because they're already kind of halfway there with the passport stuff. Uh, you could just go to China, I suppose. And get ahead of the curve. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, is is it now when you look at how these countries have worked together? 
how people have been built into positions of power, like Horseface in um, New Zealand. I mean, she's a real cunt now, isn't she? Where she was originally like looked at as this sort of freedom-loving, liberal, oh, if everyone just gets on together, it's fucking great, isn't it? Um, now she's nothing more than a totalitarian overlord of her own people. And you just think to yourself, you know, it's how... Uh, how come every country is doing the same sort of thing, but in... Maybe maybe they're in slightly different timelines of it. Like I've said on previous podcasts, I believe there's experiments going on on uh, in different countries. Uh, I believe Australia, New Zealand, and Canada are the further da- furthest down the rabbit hole of this. And the idea is to see how far these things can be pushed so they can slowly be brought back. Uh, they can be given a middle ground. Here's one for you. This will be. This will. I guarantee you will happen, and it's going to be another thing as the, the nudge. Because again, I believe this is about the passports, not about the virus. Um, I believe that um, if it might be brought in with the healthcare workers, because at the minute we don't accept natural immunity as a. Um, like uh, as fine do we you can't i don't believe you can put on your vaccine passport that you've natural immunity keep your jibber jabs away i'll i'll lick somebody with covid every six months to give myself a booster thanks very much um i think that'll happen i think natural immunity will be on the passport but i believe that they want as many people stabbed up as possible uh, for what gain? Not no idea. Let's just hope it's financial gain, because if it's not financial gain, the the other option is horrific, and nobody wants that. This is the thing, right? I I I because I know I'm a bit fringe with this sort of stuff. I but I actually don't believe believe in fringe. Really, I believe I'm a. I'm just being honest with myself about what I don't know. And because I'm being honest with myself about what I don't know, it means I can entertain scary things. And I think some people are, and this isn't saying, oh, I'm, I'm so much better. I can do, do these, like play these fucking mental games with myself. Um, it's not that at all. I don't, I think it's just because I've always been into, um, like conspiracy style stuff that it's not it's not a stretch like if you if you've never even entertained the idea that the FBI killed JFK if you've never entertained the idea that even if we went to the moon that the moon footage does seem a bit squirrely if you've never been able to entertain these ideas then the idea that the government could be out to take freedoms away from people and send us into some sort of uh, totalitarian technocratic state um was obviously going to be a very difficult thing for somebody to digest. If you've already been fucking with stuff, then it, this is easier to fuck with. So that's the that that's the reason why I believe your conspiracy theorists are ahead of the curve on this because they're already adapted to seeking out fringe ideas. Um, and on the other side of it, I just it's it's it, it's uncomfortable to think this because nobody wants to be right. It's not like aliens where you tell people. I mean, personally, I don't actually believe in aliens. Um, I'm not sure what the little lights are, but I'm pretty sure they're not coming from millions of miles away, billions of miles away, of light years away. Um, but yeah, uh, sorry, I fucking lost my train of thought there. Yeah, sorry. The so the, I think your your conspiracy theorists they've just they've adapted to this. But I, but as I was just about to say, nobody wants to be right. It's not like aliens, you know. We've 
if if that was the case, like the guys I do like Alien Addict with and stuff like that, and like a little grey man was supposed to come out with irrefutable evidence. I'm from fucking Zeta Reticular. Sorry, we've been borrowed. We've, we've been cutting your cows up, and uh, we've been borrowing the odd one of yours to do some experiments on. We uh, we really need to breed. We can't breed ourselves. This is why we're here. Let's all be friends. We can give you ray guns. Um, and there'd be a load of people that go, I fucking told you. I told you I was fingered by an alien. And you didn't believe me. And there'd be all these people on like daytime television shows saying I told you so. The uh, pseudoscientists would become the scientists. Um yeah, it it would be it would be a, a crazy moment, like a a big switch on of the lights, big high five from certain people. Um, but in this situation, I don't believe anyone. I don't believe any one of anyone that's talking about this stuff wants to be right. I think all of us want to go like six months down the road, a year down the road, two years down the road, look back, and go fuck me, do I feel stupid? I'm terribly sorry about all that because, lo and behold, COVID went away, kind of, or faded off into the flu. We got rid of the vaccine passports. No one has to get jabs anymore. There was no no side effects with the people that were vaccinated. We dodged a bullet. We've all learnt, learnt something. It shone a light of gain, on gain-of-function research. Probably shouldn't do that. That Fauci guy puts fucking... Dogs in bags with flesh-eating mosquitoes or ants, was it? That's weird. We should have probably sacked him a while ago. Um, and then, yeah, and everybody moves on. That would be fucking great. But I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I don't think the happy ending's there. I see, I mean, they... For any, anybody, I, I can't remember the name of the uh, of the paper. Uh, was it Agenda Twenty Thirty? I believe Agenda Twenty Thirty, something like that. Um, and the idea was that the uh, the World Economic Forum did, had this think tank that uh, sort of said, "Well, what would happen if there was a." Um, coronavirus Klaus Schwab sorry I'm bastardizing this it's but it's if you go and look into it like I said uh, watch the documentary that's on BitChute called um, Monopoly it's and it's introduced by an AI as well and I only realized the other day it's an AI it's freakishly real um, Klaus Schwab wrote the Great Reset he's the head of the World Economic Forum in his book, The Great Reset, he suggests all these changes that could be made to make the world more sustainable. To um, uh, one of the slogans in that book was, "You will, you will own nothing and be happy." Um, and it's it's essentially communism, but it's, it's not it's not a like communism as in like a hammer and sickle communism. It's communism like a technocratic communism where everyone's governed by. Um, everyone's governed by the technology they carry around with them all, all at all times. Sounds it 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 is ab- absolutely brave new world. I know people bring nineteen eighty four up a lot, but to me, this all seems a lot closer to brave new world. Um, and in this, he said that the idea of sort of a um. A coronavirus that derives from animals that spreads to humans um, that's quite deadly would be a good opportunity to, to to form this great reset. And between that and the uh, spars virus is what they call it in the that the paper. And the, 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 if you if you read that, it details oddly accurately what's happened. So if it was a think tank just doing this for what do we do in the event of this, then we should have been better prepared because they had it fucking down. Um, See, so yeah, it's what I believe is happening. I believe that these 
these people are putting plans in places to change the social dynamics of how we live and breathe and go about our day-to-day lives. Uh, I'm not even, like, first of all, I will always entertain the idea that I'm wrong. Always. Like, there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing good in coming up with fringe ideas and then marrying yourself to them. Uh, but I also think we should meet, what if they're fucking right? What if these people are essentially trying to build a utopia, but they know, just like Adam, couldn't keep his nasty little grubby hands off the apples in the Garden of Eden? Maybe they realise that people won't allow utopia to be conceived if if everybody has a say. You know, all you need to do is look on social media to realise that we, we can't fucking agree over anything. You know, it, if the if um if so if somebody wants to change the colour of a fucking logo on Twitter, like a, a million people have a meltdown over it. So I'm not I'm not saying that these people might not even be wrong. It's but I do I I worry that there is a super class of people that simply don't look at you and I as human beings anymore. Um and that's why I shaved my head. Maybe. Uh I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh I think that's that's proper's it for today. Just I like checking in on yous. If I don't, then I've probably gone crazy. I can't go crazy and shave my head anymore. Probably tattoo it, wouldn't I? Now I get like flames on it. I know somebody with suicide written over the back, written on the back of the head. I don't know them. I know of them. I'm afraid if you tattooed suicide on yourselves and you're still walking around that. Seems like a lack of conviction to me. Um, I will be on Alien Addict this Friday. Uh, as you're listening to this podcast, it is the 10th of November. So this podcast will have been out a whole 48 hours before I'm on Alien Addict. Uh, I don't know what we're talking about yet. Uh, it's it's a bit of a fluid show now, isn't it? I know it's called Alien Addict, but we talk about all sorts of stuff. Um so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, there was no... Oh, God. That yawn caught me well off guard. Sorry, guys. Um, There was no hot lap this week. For any of you that listen to the hot lap as well, I'm terribly sorry. Um, It's just, it's gone so far deep into the week now. It's getting late. I need to edit this. It was kind of a choice of doing... Do I do must... Do I do the... Formula One podcast, or do I do This Is Cheaper Than Therapy? Um, the Formula One race was pretty fucking bobbins, wasn't it? So, you know, I'll just skip that one. I'll do this one. This is my favourite podcast. So, I like doing this one. I don't know why I like doing this one. It's always fucking depressing, isn't it? Shows where, what state my fucking fragile psychological being is. Um... I'm probably going to spend the weekend cold with my new hair. I'm going to take it out for a test drive on Saturday night, I believe. I've got to stick my head into a birthday party. Then I'm going to a gig on Friday. Probably wear a hat for half the time until I get a couple of drinks in me. And then I'll probably have enough confidence to take the hat off and show everybody that... um, uh, Oh, maybe I could play it for sympathy. Mm, You know what I mean. Just say, oh, the treatment's going well. Could do with a blowjob, though. Maybe that'd work. Maybe it's an angle. Um, other than that, I did a gig the other week. That was really good fun. I keep saying to you, I'm, I'm really enjoying playing drums again at the minute. That's good. Uh, my son keeps putting his cold hands on my head. I don't like that. I feel like lots of people are going to put their cold hands on my head. That's going to be weird. Well, anyway, tune into Alien Addict on Friday, ten o'clock uh, UK time. Uh, I will have fresh ink on my arms that I'll probably show off 
on the YouTube stream. You can see my bald head. There's a reason to tune in. You can see my big baldy noggin. Uh, headphones hit it better now. I don't have to worry about my fringe when I put my headphones on because sometimes it can be tricky to get a decent fringe through headphones. Um, I'll see you later. Oh, the the fucking patron and stuff. Come and help me. Come and help me pay for the podcasts. Uh, a couple of people had to duck out uh, because of financial reasons. I totally understand that. Uh, I think it's amazing that any of you guys help me out anyway. So I'd just like to say thank you to the people that were there that have helped the show out um, and ha- had to back out for whatever reasons it was. Uh, for the people I don't know why they had to back out, for the person I do know why they had to back out, thank you for supporting me for two, three years, I think it, it's been. Um, financial situations for them have just meant that they can't do the support anymore. You have more than done your bit, and I love you dearly. Um, and so if anybody else wants to jump in, top that old pages up to try and uh, try and cover costs a bit better, I will not be upset with you and you will have my love forever. Um, again, like I said before, message me. Uh, mes- message me. Up. It's easier on Patreon, but if you want to try and stick one in on Twitter as well, we'll try and go through them um, because it was cool doing the, the question and answer thing with you about conspiracy theories. How have you changed your life? Like intangibles, like I, I think I've done where... I I suddenly like I like taking control of things that I can have control of. Um, so yeah, tell me tell me tell me where you are. Okay, you can come on my big metaphorical sofa, and I will listen to your little problems. Anyway, thank you very much. You have always and always are and always will be wonderful. I always will be about average if not good and I will see you next week bye bye